Oh, if the presence of God don't put a smile on your face, I don't know why. <laughs> Hallelujah. Go ahead and be seated. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I want to share some things with you this evening, and then we're going to see what the Lord is going to do. Because you know if he shows up, he likes to do stuff. Yeah. I don't know if you know that. Let's open up to Acts 19. It's when the Apostle Paul was over in Ephesus. He got saved. Twelve people, in fact, got saved. Filled with the Holy Ghost. Speaking in tongues. Praise God. But in Acts 19, verses 11 through 16. Thank you, Jesus. It says, God was performing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul. So that handkerchiefs or aprons were even carried from his body to the sick, and the diseases left them, and the evil spirits went out. But also some of the Jewish exorcists who went from place to place attempted to name over those who had the evil spirits the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, I adjure you, my Jesus, whom Paul preaches... Seven sons of one Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, was doing this. And the evil spirit answered and said to them, I recognize Jesus, and I know about Paul, but who are you? And the man in whom was the evil spirit leaped on them and subdued all of them and overpowered them so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. This is one guy done whipped up on seven of them. But it's not one guy, is it? It's a demonically oppressed and possessed person. But I want you to notice how it started off in saying that God was doing extraordinary miracles through Paul. You know, when God is moving, the devil will always move with a counterfeit. Don't ever think he won't. He always will. But a discerning heart will know the difference. And it says that Jewish exorcists was going about doing this. Now, the reason they said exorcist, because exorcist is a different Greek word than casting out devils. Exorcism, exorcists do not cast out devils. They're in cohorts with the devil. They make a deal with the devil. We're going to come along, and we're going to say some incantations, and you're going to settle down, and we're going to get paid our money. We're going to leave. And then you're going to come back again, and then they're going to call us back, and we're going to make some more money. But the word casting out in the Greek actually means to reach in and yank out from that person. Demonic spirits. So there are correct teachings, and there are counterfeit teachings of the Word of God. You can see this. Hold your finger here if you, if you should even ever use a Bible again. But hold your finger there. And go to Philippians chapter 1. <laughs> Philippians chapter 1, verses 15 through 18. Hallelujah. And it says, Some, to be sure, are preaching Christ, even from envy and strife, but some also from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition rather than from pure motives, thinking to cause me distress in my imprisonment. What then? 
Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in this I rejoice. Yes, I will rejoice. So there was false teaching going on back then, self-advancement going on back then, but then there was also right teaching going on to advance and further the kingdom. Isn't that right? And that has never changed. It's still around. It's still the same, and it will always be the same as long as Satan is the god of this world system. But a discerning heart will know the difference between good teaching, godly teaching, and wrong teaching. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, back in Acts 19 again. Verse 13. And it says, Some of the Jewish exorcists who went from place to place attempted to name over those who had the evil spirit the name of Jesus, saying, I adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. So again, as the Holy Spirit's moving in extraordinary miracles, these exorcists are going around attempting the supernatural. They're attempting the supernatural. There's a lot of attempts at the supernatural. But, you know, the verse 14, I believe it is, says, uh, verse 15 and the evil spirit answered. In other words, they came up to him and said, I adjure you in the name of Jesus, whom that Paul guy preaches. And they said to him, I know Jesus and I know Paul, but who are you? Yeah. <laughs> Two things here. Number one is it shows that these guys had no authority over demonic spirits. Number two, it shows that demon spirits know Jesus. They know Paul. They know the Christian, they know the believer, but they don't even know their own. When you're lost, you are totally lost. Not even hell knows you, and you're on your way there, and they don't even know you. Nobody knows you until you get saved. When you get saved, bless God, everybody knows you. Every realm knows you. The realm of heaven knows you. The realm of hell knows you. Everybody knows you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. These guys were going around in the name, I adjure you in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches. Well, they had no revelation of Jesus. And this is like using the name of Jesus like a rabbit's foot. In the name of Jesus. I hope this works. You know. Or sometimes you use the name of Jesus as an incantation. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Just say it enough times, you know. And um, how about a tag on the end of the prayer? We, we say a prayer, and we always end it up with, in Jesus' name. And have no idea what we just said. In Jesus' name, the name of Jesus isn't some magical name that you use to seal off everything you say. But to say and pray in the name of Jesus means you are in a position in Christ and out from your place of authority in Jesus, you have declared these things. Amen. Are you with me? So these Jewish exorcists going around, they're not even born again. They're not even believing anything. They're not even carnal believers. They're not even babes. They're, they're not even saved. And they're trying to preach and speak to this evil demon in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches. Who preached it? Paul. Paul preached it. They didn't preach it. So guess what? Signs don't follow them. Signs don't follow them. They didn't preach it. These signs will follow them that believe. Because go out and preach 
and proclaim the word of God everywhere. Amen. If you don't speak the word, there will be no signs following. God is required. He has, he has required himself to watch over his word to perform it. He don't watch over your little cute sayings. He don't care if you call it calling, uh, paying it forward. He don't care if you call it what comes around, goes around. He don't care what kind of tag or name you want to put on some stuff. If it ain't the word of God, it has no power. And the devil has slowly but surely taken the church way off into society's way of talking to get them away from the word of God. Because only the word of God is the power of God. And if we're not declaring the word of God out of our heart of faith, there is no power. And you can speak over anything and adjure it in the name of Jesus and it ain't going. And nothing's going to happen. Unless it comes out of a heart of revelation. Are you with me? So what did these exorcists do? They tried doing what they saw. They tried doing what they heard. And it was a disaster. No different than when I shared with you about Brother Hagen. And Brother Hagen, one time he had a ministry service and a woman, I think, had a tumor or something. And he punched her right where the tumor was. And she got healed. So, of course, you know, he's heading up Rama Bible School. So all the students go home that weekend and they all come in Monday morning with black eyes. Because <laughs> they saw Brother Hagen punch somebody, so they figured they'd punch him. Good thing they didn't see uh, uh, Smith Wigglesworth kick that guy off the, sta off the stage. People be coming in with broken legs and everything else. <laughs> yeah, we don't suggest you do that. But you see, that's just trying what you saw and not having a revelation for yourself. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You remember the account of Elijah and Elisha. They were headed over the Jordan. And Elijah was going to be taken up in the chariots that day. All right. And um, Elisha went with Elijah. Elijah smote the waters with the mantle. And they walked across the Jordan to the other side. Elijah gets taken up in the chariot and the mantle falls from Elijah, Elijah and Elisha picks up the mantle and he goes back to the Jordan and he says, where is the God of Elijah? And he smote the waters with the mantle and the waters parted. So what was the factors that was involved in that? I mean, he saw Elijah do it. Well, how come he could do it? Directed by the Holy Spirit. He had the mantle of the anointing he had the mantle of the anointing running your mouth is not the anointing just telling you you got to understand this stuff it's not the sound of your mouth that does anything it's the sound of your heart that does everything it's what's in your heart and this is why we say things like if you're going to try to speak a word of faith out of a heart of fear you will not you will get the fear because it's out of your heart that comes the forces of life are you with me? And this is why you got to get things in order and get things straightened out. You know, that time when I was going to pray and I needed to hear from God about some things, first got saved. And um, I sat down with my Bible, my notebook. I said, I'm going to go through this and I'm going to get this process. And I got to hear from God. And when I did that, I realized that I was full of anxiety within my heart. And I realized even as a babe, you can't pray like this. 
You got too much anxiety on the inside of you. So I got in the Word and started finding some things and studying some things about anxiety, got that into my heart and got rid of the anxiety and just said, Lord, what do I do? And boom, there was an answer. I didn't even go through my process that I had written down in the notebook. <laughs> but what happened was you got rid of the fear, or they got rid of the anxiety, and your heart opens up to hear from God. So it's not about what's in your mouth unless what's in your mouth is what's in your heart. If what's in your mouth is not what's in your heart, what's in your heart is what will produce, no matter what you say. Amen. See, this is about faith versus works. Faith versus works. Sons of Sceva was in works. Elijah was in faith. The operation of faith, the operation of works. One is being led by yourself. The other one is being led by the Holy Spirit. So many Christians are led by want, and they think that that's God. And there's nothing wrong with the want, but the want by itself is not faith. And you've got to develop faith in what the Word of God says about that thing. Amen. Amen. Is it the arm of the flesh, or is it the anointing? The anointing removes burdens. The anointing will break the yoke because the anointing is the Holy Ghost. Isn't that right? Amen. And you got to realize you just can't make it happen. You know, God was performing extraordinary miracles so that handkerchiefs and aprons, you know what handkerchiefs and aprons were? They were rags and aprons that Paul used when he worked. So I used to be an auto mechanic. So that would be my greasy uh, mechanic clothes being brought and put onto people. No, you'd have to spray it, sanitize it, and everything else before you could even t have anybody touch it. You know, it's like, it's like feeding the multitude. You know, they'd have all kinds of questions about the mercury and the fish and the bread and everything else, and well, can we eat that? Yeah, you know, it's like, come on. You know, Jesus touched the leper. He didn't social distance. Amen. No, it isn't. Not here. It ain't coming back. I curse that in the name of Jesus. Not you. Not you. And I ain't taking them words. No. They, they can have it back. Whatever they want to do. But we're not taking that. We didn't take it the first time. I'm darn sure I'm not going to take it the second time. Amen. So it's faith. Faith. Hear it in your heart and obey. Hear it in your heart and obey. Hear it in your heart and then obey. This is our place and our position in Christ. Amen? Amen. All right, go over to Luke chapter 7. I'm going to read verse 12 through 15. Luke chapter 7, verse 12 through 15. Now as he approached the gate of the city, a dead man was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a sizable crowd from the city was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he felt compassion for her and said to her, Do not weep. And he came up and touched the coffin, and the bearers came to a halt. And he said, Young man, I say to you, arise. And the, and the dead man sat up and began to speak, and Jesus gave him back to his mother. Okay? So here's a man that's dead. He's in the funeral procession. All right? And he gets raised up. So the question is, did Jesus do that on his own? No. How did he do it? 
by the Holy Spirit, the anointing. Okay, so here's a question. If Jesus did not do that on his own and he did it by the Holy Spirit, then what was the compassion he felt for her? Yes, it was the anointing. It is not an emotion. See, we read stuff like that and we go, oh, I feel so compassionate, I need to. No, you, no, you don't. It's, that's, a, that's an emotion. Understand you want to be helpful and there's nothing wrong with that. Okay? But compassion isn't going to do something supernatural for somebody. Right. Not an emotional compassion. That we, it's, you, know, you understand what I'm saying? You know, I had somebody one time, they came back from a mission trip and they asked me, you know, can we write up a little something about the mission trip and all that and, and, you know, put it in the announcements. And I said, well, sure, just go ahead and write it up. Well, you know, I don't just put stuff in the announcements. I proofread them. So in their testimony of their mission trip, they talked about what compassion they had for the people. And I crossed out the word compassion and I put sympathy. And the reason it was sympathy is because they left them in the same condition they were in. Compassion makes a difference. Compassion will make a change. But sympathy will leave you in the same condition. Sympathy is no, no more than, oh, I feel sorry for you. I'm so sorry for you, but, you know, bless God, I can't do nothing. <laughs> but I sure do feel bad for you. You know, that's sympathy. And sometimes people need that sympathetic touch. But don't confuse that. Okay. You understand what I'm saying? And to finish the story, they were ticked off that I changed the word. <laughs> Even though I explained to them why, they didn't care. And I didn't care. <laughs> we changed it. Because <laughs> truth is truth. You want to put something out within the church here, it's going to have to be truth. Amen. So, he felt compassion. There was something that happened on the inside of him. It was a move of the Holy Spirit on the inside of him, an operation of the Holy Spirit, and the gift of the Spirit operated, and the man was raised from the dead. Now, you compare that to the seven sons of Sceva. They didn't operate like that, did they? They had no compassion for the person that was uh, possessed by the devil. All they wanted was money. So they figured, well, here's a new thing. Let's use the new thing in town. In the name of Jesus, you come out of them. This is the new thing. You know, well, when they were just doing it for the money and all this other stuff, you know, the devil cooperated with them. But you bring in the name of Jesus, devil going to get ticked off. They attacked those, that, that demon attacked those seven sons of Sceva because they used the name of Jesus. They had never been attacked before. Because the devil will always rise up against the name of Jesus. And you need to know your authority. Mark chapter 5. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Mark chapter 5, verses 1 through 9. Glory, glory, glory. It says, they came to the other side of the sea, into the country of the Gerasenes, and when he got out of the boat, immediately a man from the tombs with an unclean spirit met him. And he had his dwelling among the tombs, and no one was able to bind him anymore, even with a chain, because he had often been bound with shackles and chains, and the chains had been torn apart by him, and the shackles broken into pieces, and no one was strong enough to subdue him. 
Constantly, night and day, he was screaming among the tombs and in the mountains, gnashing himself with stone, gashing himself with stones, and seeing Jesus from a distance, he ran up and bowed down before him. And shouting with a loud voice, he said, What business do we have with each other, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I implore you by God, do not torment me. For he had been saying to him, Jesus had been saying to the unclean spirit, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And he was asking him, What is your name? And he said to him, My name is Legion, for we are many. So there was a legion of demons in this one man. Let's back it up to verse, uh, the screen that we had just before. And um, it says that he saw Jesus from a distance, ran down and bowed down before him and shouted with a loud voice saying, what business do we have with each other? Jesus, Jesus, son of the most high God. The devil knows more about Jesus than most people do. Now, the devil knows Jesus is son of the most high God. Did he ever tell you that before you got saved? The devil ever come to you and go, do you know Jesus is the son of the most high God? No, he told you what? Lies about Jesus. He told you, forget about that nonsense. That's just a bunch of nonsense. That's for a bunch of losers. That's for a bunch of weak people. And have no idea how much strength it takes to stand in this world. Are you with me? The devil knows Jesus. In fact, in the book of James, it says, you believe that there's one God, good for you. The devils believe it too. And they tremble. The evil spirits knew Jesus. Well, that's what they said to the seven sons of Sceva. Jesus we know. Isn't that right? So here is an operation of the gifts of the Spirit again. Because no one comes to Jesus for help. Nobody sent them a telegram. Nobody put a note in a bottle and sent it across the lake. Nobody sent anybody to Jesus and said, come over and help us. We got this guy that's possessed by the devil. None of the disciples were praying. You know, that guy comes running up to them and everything, and he's screaming and all this. You can tell he's demon-possessed. Well, the, the disciples aren't like, well, let's pray. Let's pray. You know, they're not doing nothing. They're probably like, you know, that's, that's probably what they look like. Verses 10 through 19. <laughs> and he began to implore him earnestly not to send them out of the country. Now, there was a large herd of swine feeding nearby on the mountain. And the demons implored him, saying, Send us into the swine so that we may enter them. And Jesus gave them permission. And coming out, the unclean spirits entered the swine, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the sea, about 2,000 of them. That's how many were in this man. And it says, And they were drowned in the sea. And their herdsmen ran away and reported it in the city. And in the country, and the people came to see what it was that had happened. And they came to Jesus and observed the man who had been demon-possessed sitting down, clothed. Of course, most of the time, if you've got an unclean spirit, you're going to be naked. That's what they do. They get naked. Sitting down, clothed, and in his right mind. And the very man who had the legion, and they became frightened. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. 
They weren't frightened when he had all the demons in them. But now that he's free, they're afraid. Hmm. That'll tell you something. And those who had seen it described to them how it had happened to the demon-possessed man and all about the swine. And they began to implore him to leave their region. <laughs> Verse 18 and 19. And he was getting into the boat. As he was getting into the boat, the man who had demon-possessed was imploring him that he might accompany him. And he did not let him. But he said to him, Jesus said to the man, Go home to your people and report to them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he had mercy on you. So here's this man possessed of a legion of demons, enough to, to run 2,000 swine over the cliff and drown them. He's in the tombs all night long screaming, gashing himself with stones, screaming, torment. You know they're tormenting screams, right? And uh, the whole countryside can't pass through. They can't bind him. They can't do anything. But yet none of them were grateful. You know, not, you know people can benefit. That country was benefiting from the fact that this man is being delivered out of, from demons. But you know, not everybody's grateful when God moves. Not everybody's happy about that, right? In fact, the only grateful person in this whole account was the one that got delivered. He's the only grateful one. So this demon-possessed man was not only tormented, but he was tormenting everybody around him. They couldn't subdue him. They couldn't pass through. But when the swine goes headlong into the water over the cliff and drowns, hey, now you touched my money. That's right. They were herdsmen. He touched their money now. They don't like that. Now they're ticked off. You know, people were okay until you touched their stuff. Don't be touching my stuff. Right? <laughs> uh, people have a way of putting up with any kind of trash. But don't touch my stuff. Well, the same thing happened when Paul cast the devil out of that one slave girl. Remember, and it was the, uh, the silver market. She was, you know, actually making money for the silver markets, the, the, the unions and all. And when he cast the devil out, their way of making money was gone. They wanted to kill Paul. You've touched my stuff. <laughs> People don't like that. You can preach to me all you want. You can sing songs. You can do anything. But don't touch my stuff. Because we all know how great your stuff is. Yeah, I know. It may not be great, but it's my stuff. I know. But it could be the very thing that's in the way of you, uh, you know. So why did Jesus 
allow this legion of demons to run into the uh, swine. Because he's Jewish and he's not big on pork. <laughs> Moving right along. But you see, when Jesus allowed the demons to go into the swine, and it showed those people's heart. It showed their heart. Because where you're treasure is that's where your heart is see their treasure wasn't in concern for that man their treasure was in the swine that was their money and jesus touched it hallelujah acts 14 verses 8 through 10 acts 14 verses 8 through 10 it says, At Lystra, a man was sitting who had no strength in his feet, lame from his mother's womb, who had never walked. And this man was listening to Paul as he spoke, who, when he had fixed his gaze on him, had seen that he had faith to be made well. And he said with a loud voice, Stand upright on your feet. And he leaped up and he began to walk. So here's Paul preaching, this man sitting there listening to Paul preach. And Paul looks at him and he sees that the man has faith to be healed. So tell me, what does faith to be healed look like? Does your nose get bigger? Do your eyes get wider? Do your ears get pulled back? I mean, what does it look like, faith to be healed? No, it's a supernatural word of knowledge by the Holy Ghost called the gift of the Spirit, word of knowledge. He had a word of knowledge that this man has faith to be healed. Okay, and sometimes it is uh, uh, manifested in seeing, sometimes just manifested in knowing, but it's a word of knowledge. And that's what Paul had, a word of knowledge. The Holy Spirit was showing him that this man had faith to be healed. So Paul says to him, stand upright on your feet. Okay, at that point, is the man healed? No. No, he's not healed. But what did the man do? Yeah, he didn't get up. He leaped. He leaped up, man. He, this is immediate. He heard Paul say, get up on your feet, and he leaped. Why did he leap? He had faith. He, his faith was at the point where, I believe I can be healed. And then Paul says, get on your feet, and the man leaps up immediately doesn't even think about it just leaps right up onto his feet and stands immediate obedience to what he hears not only is it immediate obedience it's exuberant obedience amen you know i've seen people they've been believing god for years about stuff and then somebody comes and prays for them and somebody that's maybe they consider a high person within the body of christ uh, somebody they believe operates in the gifts of the Spirit and moves in the Holy Spirit. And I've seen them get prayed through the, for through the years. No obedience. No exuberance. No faith. Over and over again, I've seen it.
Because you would think if somebody's believing for something for years and boom, somebody says, we're going to lay hands on you, believe God for you to be well. Wouldn't you think something would happen on the inside? But nothing happened. Nothing happened on the inside. Nothing happened on the outside. Too many times I've seen it. But this man was immediate and exuberant in his obedience. The man cooperated with what uh, Paul had said. Okay. Unlike the sons of Sceva, they had no Holy Spirit leading. So therefore, the man with the evil spirit didn't cooperate. <laughs> Doesn't beat the snot out of him. <laughs> Acts chapter 9. Everybody good? Acts chapter 9, verse 36 to 41. See, this is operations of the Spirit of God. How he works, how he moves. Acts chapter 9, verse 36 to 41. Now in Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha, which translated in Greek is called Dorcas. And this woman was abounding with deeds of kindness and charity, which she continually did. And it happened at that time that she fell sick and died. And when they had washed her body, they laid it in an upper room. And since Lita was near Joppa, the disciples, having heard that Peter was there, sent two men to him, imploring him, do not delay in coming to us. So Peter arose and went with them. And when he arrived, they brought him into the upper room. And all the, window, all the widows stood beside him, weeping and showing all the tunics and garments that Dorcas used to make while she was with them. And Peter, just like Jesus, put them all out. He sent them all out, and he knelt down and he prayed. And turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, she sat up. And he gave her his hand and raised her up, and calling the saints and the widows, he presented her alive. So Peter raises up Tabitha, okay? So Lita, where she lived, was in a town near Joppa. So they may have heard what was going on, because if you read the, what was going on before this account, you'll find out there were things going on with Peter in Joppa, and people were receiving miracles and, and all from God. So they may have heard about the miracles performed in Joppa and what was being done by the Holy Spirit through Peter uh, in Joppa. So in any event, the people called for Peter. It's a very important point. The people called for Peter because their calling is their point of faith. And the Holy Spirit honors their faith. Okay. Peter connects with the Holy Spirit. That's why he put them all out and he prayed. And while he's praying, he connects with the Holy Spirit, and he does as he's led to through prayer. Amen. You know, a lot of times before you pray for somebody, you need to spend some time in prayer with the Lord and find out what he wants you to do. Find out what he wants you to say. You know, don't assume, well, I see the situation and I know what I need to. No, you probably don't. And you need to know out from your spirit what it is. Amen. John chapter 11, verse 17. It says, so when Jesus came, he found 
He's talking about Lazarus. This is Lazarus. So when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. So you remember the messenger came to tell Jesus about Lazarus. Martha and Mary sent the messenger to tell Jesus that, Je that Lazarus was sick and um, to please come because he's sick. And Jesus didn't go right away. So we know through the whole account, as we have looked at the account, it was all directed by the Holy Spirit of what needed to be done because the messenger from where they were at, and I forget the town they were at, but the town that they were at to get to Jesus was a one-day journey. Then Jesus stayed two more days, that's three days, and then it was a day's journey from where Jesus was to where Lazarus was. That makes four days. Well, he had already been dead four days. So when the messenger got there, Lazarus was already dead. So it may seem like Jesus is being heartless. Well, why did he? Oh, he just didn't go. You know, that was the plan of God. The plan of God was to let Lazarus die so that then God could raise him from the dead. No, he was already dead. You know, we always come up with this stuff. God had a great plan called evil. God is not evil. God is a good God. You know, in fact, when Joseph said to his brothers, you know, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. It's a poor translation. And in the Hebrew, it actually says the plan that you wove for me for evil, God took your plan and rewove it and worked it out for my good. God didn't plan the evil. God didn't plan his brothers. You know, if that was all God's plan, then God put it in his brother's heart to kill them, kill Joseph. Then God put it in his brother's heart, at least Reuben, to sell him into slavery. Then he puts it in part of his wife's heart to falsely accuse him so he gets thrown in prison. Then he puts it in the cupbearer's heart to forget about Joseph in prison for another two years. Yeah. So all this evil is all God's plan, according to some people. And it's not. It's the plan of the devil because Joseph had a dream from God and the devil did not want that dream to come to pass. So he thought if he sends him far away, like to Egypt, far away, then that dream can't come to pass. But what the devil don't know is the dream's in you. It's not where you're at. It's in you. And where you go, that dream goes with you. Amen. Now, I'm not talking about, well, I could just do what I want because the dream's going to be there. No, 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 no. What I'm talking about is that no matter how the devil tries to sidetrack you, tries to put obstructions and res resistance in and tries to, you know, detour you, the dream remains. Amen. Amen. Because it goes with you. The dream is in you. Isn't that right? Amen. Hallelujah. So by the time the messenger had gotten to Jesus, Lazarus had already died. All right. Verse 18 through 26. Now, Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off. And many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. Martha, therefore, when she heard that Jesus was coming, went to meet him. But Mary stayed at the house. And Martha then said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Well, even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha said to him, I know that he'll rise again in the resurrection on the last day. 
And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? So Jesus is speaking about raising Lazarus from the dead. But Martha recounts her theology, what she learned in synagogue school. Right? Verse 27. And she said to him, yes, Lord, I have believed that you are the Christ, the Son of God, even he who comes into the world. All right? Well, that's great, but that won't get you healed. You know, faith in Jesus as your Lord of your life is not going to get you healed. It's not going to meet your needs. You have to have faith in what the Word of God says and what Jesus, who you have said, is your Lord and Savior. You've got to believe what he says. Not just believe in him, but start believing him. That what he says is the truth. He said he'll supply all your needs because of being involved in giving and receiving. He said that there's one that gives and increases all the more. He said that he bore your sicknesses and your diseases. He, you carried your pains and your sorrows that by his stripes you were healed. We're healed, we're healed, we're healed. It's over, it's done. It's already been done. It's been provided. He's provided all things that pertains to life and godliness. Provided everything for your life that you could ever need. He's provided it all. Well, you have to start believing that. Amen. So she's believing that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. Well, that's wonderful that that is not going to get Lazarus raised. Are you with me? Verse 32 to 33. Therefore, when Mary came where Jesus was, she saw him and fell at his feet, saying, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. That sound familiar? That's what Mary, Martha said. So when Jesus therefore saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and was troubled. Mm -hmm. All right. Deeply moved in spirit means that he was agitated, not upset, aggravated, agitated, just like a washing machine agitates the clothes. All right. There was an agitation, a turning and a moving going on on the inside of him. He was deeply moved where? In spirit. And he was troubled. And that word spirit there is the Greek word pneuma. It's not suke. It's not soul. It's spirit. He's not having indigestion. He's deeply moved in his spirit. Okay. So that means the Holy Spirit's moving on the inside of him. No different than the compassion that he felt when the, uh, the boy was dead in the funeral possession. Right. Verse 34 and 35. So they're all crying. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. And Jesus wept. All right. Why did Jesus weep? Was he upset that Lazarus was died? All my friends died. Was he upset about that? I don't think so. He's there to raise him from the dead. What's he going to be upset about that for? No, he's, he's weeping because of their unbelief. He's not weeping for Lazarus. He's weeping because they can't even believe after all the miracles he's done, all the things that he's done, they can't even believe that he can do anything. Because, you know, if Lazarus was dead one day, that's one thing. If he was dead two days, okay, maybe there's still a chance. But bless God, it's been four days. Yeah. 
verse 39 through 44. And Jesus said, remove the stone. And Martha, the sister of the deceased, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be a stench. I always thought a scratch and sniff Bible would go well there. It says, for he has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, listen to this. Did I not say to you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? That's what he was telling her earlier. But she couldn't get that. She was so stuck on her basic foundational theology. Thinking that her theology, Jesus, you are the Christ, the Son of God. That's all I need to know and that's it. No, that's only the beginning of what you need to know. For God desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Did I not say to you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? Okay, let's go on. So they removed the stone. Then Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but because of the people standing around, I said it, so that they may believe that you sent me. And when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. A loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. Now, why did he say it with such a loud voice? Was it because Lazarus was so far away? I mean, Lazarus is, you know, he's in the tomb, and who knows really where he's at, and I need to really call him, so I need to yell loud. No, he yelled loud for the people to hear. That's why he said it loud, so that all the people around would hear it. Peter raised Tabitha from the dead, and all he said was, Tabitha, arise. Because there's no distance in the spirit. Are you with me? Did I not say? I said it, but you didn't believe it. You didn't call me because Lazarus died. You called me because Lazarus was sick. But by the time you got the message to me, Lazarus had already died, and now you're beyond hope. You have no hope. So therefore, as far as Martha and Mary is concerned, there's no faith. As far as the disciples are concerned, once again, they're not praying. And it's Jesus working through the gifts and operations of the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? Amen. Hallelujah. You know, where do you get to a place to where there's no hope? Where is your place to where you say, well, you know, last week there was a chance, but this week I don't see how it can happen. You know, where do we see that there's no hope? There's always hope in Jesus. That the God of all hope would fill you with joy and peace in believing so that you would abound in hope. Amen. Amen. If you're not getting filled with joy and peace, then I would look and question what you're believing and if you even are. Amen. John chapter 6. We're bringing this down to a close. John chapter 6, verses 5 and 6. Therefore, Jesus, lifting up his eyes and seeing that a large crowd, this is a large crowd, this is like 30,000 people, a large crowd was coming to him, and he said to Philip, 
Where are we to buy bread so that these may eat? And this he was saying to test him, for he himself knew what he was intending to do. So he knew what he was going to do, but he's asking Philip because he wants to see where Philip's at, right? Okay, so it's a teaching moment for his disciples. He's using this as a teaching moment because he's got to train his disciples. He's getting ready to leave. And he's got to train his disciples to think beyond normal. You know what's beyond normal? It's not goofy. Goofy is not beyond normal. Goofy is goofy, okay? Beyond normal just means beyond the normal way of things working, you know? Um, For instance, according to the normal things, um, if you get a cold, your immune system, if your immune system's working, after a number of days, it will just get rid of the cold after a number of days. That's normal. Well, beyond normal is I get a cold and within an hour it's gone. That's beyond normal. That's not goofy. It's just beyond normal. So there's a normal way of doing things, the world's way of doing things, but then there's beyond normal. And he's got to train his disciples to think beyond normal. Verses 7 through 9. And Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth, a denarii is a day's worth of of wages. So 200 denarii is like two-thirds of a year's worth of wages. 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them, for everyone to receive just a little, just a crumb. But one of his disciples, Andrew Simon, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, there's a lad here who has five barley loaves and two fish. But what are these for so many people? Now, Andrew, Andrew's the youngest of all the disciples. And probably in his excitement, he's like, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, we got something over here. There's a little kid over here, and he's got, he's got five saltine crackers and a, you know, five, f- f- five anchovies and a couple of saltine crackers. And then he's like, you know, you could see everybody looking at him. I mean, Peter, you know, you could see Peter looking at his brother going, what is wrong with you? You know, hey, boy, can you see the crowd? What are you talking about? And he goes, yeah, yeah, so what is this among so many? So what did he do? In his excitement and all, he saw the answer. But he went back to normal. See, he went back to normal. Verses 10 and 11. And Jesus said, have the people sit down. Now there was much grass in that place. So the men sat down in numbers about 5,000. That's 5,000 men. Not counting wives, not counting children, not counting servants. Jesus then took the loaves, and having given thanks, he distributed to those who were seated, likewise also of the fish, as much as they wanted. As much as they wanted. Nobody walked around and said, you don't need any more, you ate enough. No, they had, huh? No, they had as much as they wanted. Okay? It's an operation, again, of the Holy Spirit. Were the disciples in prayer? No. No, they they couldn't figure out what they're going to do. There wasn't a Walmart nearby. You know, they they didn't say anything like, we don't have the money to buy the stuff. They said, where would we buy this much stuff? Well, Jesus had a connection in heaven. Because that's where it comes from. Isn't that right? Amen. So this is an operation of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. So Peter prayed before he raised Tabitha from the dead. Jesus prayed before raising Lazarus from the dead. 
And now he prays to the Father before feeding the multitude. It's times in our own prayer times that we connect with the Holy Spirit. And there are times you have to connect with the Holy Spirit and you can't count on anybody else. Jesus couldn't count on anybody else at that time. You know, possibly folks that you know can't believe what you need. And you can't depend on them. You can't just call them and go, oh, pray. And they're praying such unbelief prayers. You know, it's like, you know, it's like those Facebook prayers. Dear God. You know, I, I, I read some of them and I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm like, you know, just don't tell these people nothing. Amen. Well, thank God he hears our prayers, just like Jesus said, I know that you hear me. You know, uh, in, in 1 John, it says this is the confidence that we have before him that if we, if we pray anything according to his will, we know that he hears us. And since we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request we've asked of him because it's his will. Isn't that right? Yes. Amen. And it's confidence, and confidence and all that is a sign of faith and trust. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God always honors faith, and the proof of faith is always in results. Amen. You know, and like I said this morning, there's a whole different way of dealing with stuff that is in you, that's been in you all your life, as compared to something that's coming at you. Right. You know, I talked about how the things that I went through and getting delivered out of being stingy and getting over into being generous. Those were things, you know, being brought up in the slums of Brooklyn and um, um, never being able to have anything. You know, to me, a hot dog was a treat and a half. I mean, my goodness, we got a hot dog today. You know, that was a treat. So being brought up in that type of situation, you know, it was always, of course, a life of not enough. My dad was not a very educated person. I think he quit school in the eighth or ninth grade and went to work. And so he wasn't educated. So there, was, there wasn't a lot of jobs that he could do. Uh, so he was always looking for work, trying to make money to try to take care of the family. So it was pretty rough. And um, uh, so I was brought up with that. And that was put in me at a very, very young age. And I grew in that. Okay, and that's the way I perceived everything. That's the way I looked at everything through those eyes. So therefore, that was in me. So that's not something we can just say, well, in the name of Jesus, I tell you what. No, this is something that's going to have to be worked out. You know, it's got to be a whole process of change. This is what the, the restoration of the soul is all about. A total renewal of the mind, being, being renewed in the spirit of your mind. Everything's changing. The material of thought changes. The bent of the soul changes. It's got to be a whole total operation. Whereas when something's coming at you, you can stand against that in authority. You understand what I'm saying? Okay? So there are differences in those things. And um, so... When we say God honors faith, even though I started at, at early in, in, in my Christian walk, I started tithing, and then I started sowing seed, and I started giving, but it was a step-by-step-by-step -by -step -by -step process of having gotten on the Word, believing God, doing what the Word of God said, being obedient to what I knew the Spirit of God wanted me to do, and even though... It took 17 years to finally get delivered out from that situation. Are you with me? Because of what? Renewal 
restoration, the spirit of my mind needing to be changed. Amen. But God honored my faith, and therefore, step by step by step, he was leading me, leading me, and I would follow. And he brought me to the point to where, okay, now you're at a place to where you can get delivered. Amen. So that which was in me, God honored that faith step by step by step to walk me out. Then there's times again when things come at you and God honors your faith to disperse those things. Speaking of dispersing, dissolving things, there's a storm out there that needs to be spoken to. That it needs to be dissolved and it needs to dissipate. And it needs to come to an end because we're just not going to have this. Isn't that right? Amen. Amen. Father, we just thank you, Father. You said in your word that we could command the work of your hands. We understand that these, the, these weather systems are not the work of your hand, for you are not destructive. But you have made the weather, and therefore the weather is yours, but the devil has perverted it to bring destruction upon people. And we come against the destruction that these storms and catastrophes want to bring into people's lives. And we come against this storm that is going to be coming up the gulf. And we command it to dissipate, to fall apart. We command it to, to, to lessen in strength. And we command it to come to an end in the name of Jesus. That it will not create any catastrophes. It will not create any destruction. For your weather that you created, God, is good and will not allow the perversion of the devil to bring these things into people's lives. But we stand against it. Lord, you said in the word that because we live for you and we honor you, that even our neighbors will be at peace. So we speak peace to our neighbors, Father, in our state. And we speak peace to them, Father, that they will be covered and they will be protected, Father, from all, the, all of this perverted destruction that the enemy would want to bring into people's lives. We command it to come to an end. We call this, we call this evil. We judge it as evil. And we say that you have no place. And we say that you are under the judgment of the Lord and you will not create destruction catastrophes in anybody's life with anybody's possessions in the name of Jesus you come to an end in Jesus name amen 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 glory to God glory to God now don't let go of that you just continue to speak to that thing out there and it's like just putting up your hand and saying you stop amen amen not in Jesus whom Paul preaches, but in Jesus whom you know on a personal relationship and from your position in Christ, speak to those things. Amen. Amen, amen. You know, there are some folks, and this always annoyed me all my life. Some folks are just gifted musicians, you know. Gifted. Dean is a gifted musician. You know, Dean can hear stuff, he can play stuff, and I knew people like that when I was a kid. I had a friend, and, and he was like that. It annoyed me. 
because I couldn't play anything unless I had sheet music. I couldn't hear anything. I, I, was, I don't know if I was tone deaf or what it was, but I could hear songs, but I couldn't figure out nothing. I'd have to go get the music and find out, how do you play this thing? So I had to practice a whole lot to be able to get any kind of ability going. I had to practice a whole lot trying to tune my ear to what I was hearing until after I got saved. And after I got saved, things started to change. And being involved in worship, I started hearing things that I had not heard before. And I started hearing things that were like, I can play that. Well, the gift of grace made all the difference. Okay? And, um, but still, practice was absolutely necessary. It just did not come natural to me. How many of you have known kids in school, maybe when you went to school, and you knew kids that schoolwork just came natural to them. Didn't that annoy the heck out of you? (laughs) I mean, they didn't have to study much, and they opened the book, okay, I got that. You know, and you're studying and studying and studying, you know. Like, oh my goodness. But to some folks, it just comes really easy for them. Well, you can practice hard to get what's needed. You know, but you can't practice to get an anointing. There's either an anointing or there isn't. Amen. And especially on a calling, a calling of God, there's either an anointing or there isn't. Because you're called before you were formed in your mother's womb. So if there's a calling, you were born with that calling. You were born with that anointing. And just like Paul On the way to Damascus, the Lord said, okay, now's the time. Cash it in my chips, Paul. (laughs) And that's when that call came to the surface in Paul's life. Isn't that right? You can be faithful to study. You can be faithful to share as opportunities come. But the anointing, you must always remember, is on the word. And the anointing on the word will move on behalf of the hearer. If we don't have any a word, then there's only me trying to affect the hearer. And me has nothing. You know, that's why we speak and teach so much from the word. Because without the word, I don't have anything. You know? Amen. So this is why the Lord can confirm his word. Because the anointing is on his word. Holy Spirit, breathe word. Okay? So the Lord can confirm his word. Um, so there are times that there are, especially in the gifts, fivefold ministry gifts, there are certain um, uh, operations within the fivefold ministry gifts. For instance, for the evangelist, you'll see gifts of healings, you'll see miracles, you know, special faith. Okay, you'll see things like that on the evangelist. You know, the pastor may have um, uh, administrative gifts. Okay, the apostle and the prophet moves, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, you know, being able to see things that are coming up, to know things. The apostle, you know, has that uh, leadership type anointing. You can't work for that. That's just part of the gifting. Isn't that right? But yet, the gifts are not limited. 
that anybody can operate in the gifts of the Spirit. But operating in the gifts of the Spirit doesn't mean there's a fivefold ministry calling. And there's a different operation. You know, there's lots of different operations because the Holy Spirit is multifaceted, multifunctional, various operations of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that right? So, some are gifted with certain gifts of the Spirit for the ministry call. But others develop in the Word of God and get a hold of the Word of God by faith and they can move into the supernatural move of God according to Mark 16. These signs will follow them that believe. They'll cast out demons, speak with new tongues. They drink any deadly poison, it shall not hurt them. They'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Isn't that right? Amen. Well, these are all supernatural moves of the Holy Spirit. There are counterfeit lookalikes. There is the operation of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. There's the operation of the Holy Spirit that moves through faith. But again, it's multifaceted, multifunctional operations and gifts of the Holy Spirit for us, to us, but most important and mainly through us. That is the main reason for the gifts to move through us. He gave gifts to the church, not for the church to play church, but for those gifts to move through the church. For instance, he's put within me the gift of pastor. Okay, pastor, teacher, sometimes the prophetic has operated and sometimes the evangelist has operated. But mainly the gift is pastor and teacher. Okay. Um, So. That operation is going to move and is going to work because he put that within me, but he didn't put it in me for me. He put it in me for those that would hear. For whatever sphere of influence there may be, that's who it's for. And that's the same way as it is with all the gifts. He gave the gifts to the church, but not so much for the church, although the church can benefit from it. But that's not the main purpose. The main purpose is to reach the world. Now, if people come into the church, the gifts of the Spirit can function and operate. Word of knowledge, word of wisdom prophetic tongues and interpretation there can even be a word of knowledge that can call things out and somebody can get healed and somebody can get delivered isn't that right amen praise God because that's the operations of the Holy Spirit so we saw where Jesus moved most of the time in the gifts of the Spirit and uh, he was the only one believing and then we see where Paul operated in a word of knowledge Uh, On the day of Pentecost, they got filled with the Holy Spirit, and all of a sudden, there's a message downloaded into Peter, and he stands up and takes his place and declares what was going on on the day of Pentecost. It talks about Jesus, talks about um, uh, how Jesus was um, crucified, died, raised up from the dead, and and that was all done so that you could be delivered from sin. And how do you know that it was a God message? Because they were pricked in their heart. And they said, what must we do? And he said, believe on Jesus and have your sin for the removal of your sins. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. 
We give you the glory. We give you the honor. We give you the praise. You alone are worthy, Lord Jesus. You are worthy, 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 Lord. Worthy, Lord. Worthy, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Bless you, Lord. 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 Jude, would you mind coming up to the keyboard, please? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Wonderful Jesus. Wonderful Savior. Wonderful King. Lord. God of all. Most High God. Lord of Lords. King of Kings. We honor you. We bless you. We praise you, Lord Jesus, above all. You are the glorious King, the mighty God, high and lifted up by you, Lord Jesus. There is none like you, Lord God. None like you, Lord Jesus. There's none that compares with you. There's nothing that we desire that even compares with you. For you are the Holy One. Oh, we bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Praise you. Praise you. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. 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 Hallelujah, hallelujah. How's your shoulder doing? Okay, come on up. Let me pray for you. I know Pastor Nid prayed for you earlier. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, what happened to it? Thank you, Jesus, that you are the repairer, that you make things whole, and you make things well. We thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, I call those things that are torn to be repaired, to be made whole, even right now as she's standing here, to be well, to be whole, to be healed. In the name of Jesus, Father, I thank you that you've redeemed us from the curse. You bore away all of our uh, calamity. You bore away all of our pain. And we speak healing, wholeness, and wellness into that which was torn and is now healed in Jesus' name and complete and put back together in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 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 Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Well, do what you couldn't do. Thank you, Oh, praise God. You just stand there and tingle for a while. Barbara, let me pray for you, Barbara. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You just need a Holy Ghost shot. That's what you need, you know. And um, he has filled up the syringe to just fill you and shoot it right into your body. And just like in medical things, you know, medical things can create a little by little um, restoration. But the power of God can create greater restoration, quicker restoration. He is a restorer. He's a restorer, okay? So, and it's not a restorer to the condition you were in before, but the condition he says and the condition he made for you to be in. That's what he's a restorer of. Amen. Amen. So, give me your hands. Put your hands up. Thank you, Father. Father, I thank you for the power of the Most High God to go into her, to fill her being, Father, to give her that Holy Ghost shot that she needs into her body, Father, that it brings wholeness and wellness into her body, Father, that it starts to destroy those cells that are trying to destroy her. Father, that wholeness and wellness comes into her body. Father, that she has more healed and more whole cells in her body than they have trying to destroy her, that those good cells will overcome those bad cells, Father, that the light will overpower the darkness and the light in her is greater than the darkness that tries to overpower her and will not have it and will not allow it and we stand father in our position in Jesus Christ and declare according to your word healing wholeness wellness restoration into her body from the top of her head to the bottom of her feet in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus' name, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now you just stand there and let that just work through you. How you doing? Okay. okay. Praise God. Does anybody have any knee problems? Knee problems with your knees? That's good. That's all we need. I know you have two, but you probably just have one problem. <laughs> Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Honey. Hallelujah. Which knee is it? That one? And what's wrong with it? Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. All right. You want to lay hands on her knee? Thank you, Father. Father, I thank you that by the stripes of Jesus that we're healed, that you bore away all of our pain, that by your stripes we're healed whole and well. And Father, we call her knee to be whole, that strength in that knee to be, to be 
full of strength as it ought to be. Father, we call that knee, Father, to work as it's supposed to work. That over a period of time, no, 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 you will not, you will not start losing strength. You will not loosen your hold, but we command you to be healed and whole and well and do that which you've been created to do. You will not do any less, but you will do what you were created to do in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. What's up? Okay. Uh huh. Okay. All right. Okay. Father, I thank you that although there's been healing that took place, Father, it has not been complete. So we call that healing to be complete in her knees, Father. We call that which was torn to be whole. We call those knees, Father, to work as they ought to work in the name of Jesus. We speak strength into her knees in Jesus' name. We speak, Father, that they will work the way that they were made to work. They will hold her up as they were made to be. And we command them to be well and whole in Jesus' name. You will not, you will not, you will not lose strength. You will not back off from what you've been made to be. We call you whole, healed, and well in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, whole, well, and healed. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. What's up, Mark? Okay, they hurt. Okay, all right. We speak healing into his knees in the name of Jesus. Father, we speak to the tendons. We speak to the ligaments. We, we speak, Father, to the muscle. Father, we speak wholeness, wellness. Father, that they will work that the way that they're supposed to work. We call strength into his knees to do what they're supposed to do, to hold up in the way they're supposed to hold up. And we command them, we command them in the name of Jesus to work. Knees, you listen to the word of the Lord, for you have been healed. And pain, you must go. You heed the word of the Lord and do as you're commanded to do in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 What's, what's up? You okay, what's wrong? Oh, no, okay. All right. Thank you, Father. Father, I call her knees to work as they're supposed to work, to operate the way they're supposed to operate, Father that they will bend as they're supposed to bend, that they'll be useful as they're supposed to be useful. Father, I speak to every part of that knee, Father. I speak to that around the knee. I speak to the joint, Father, to, be, to, to, to work as it ought to work. I speak to the joints, Father, that those joints will operate, that they'll move, Father, that they'll have the flexibility that they're supposed to have in the name of Jesus. Knees, you listen and do as you're supposed to. You hear the word of the Lord, and you do as you ought to do in the name of Jesus. It is commanded of you and spoken to you, and you will obey.
You will obey. You will obey in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 The left one, what's wrong? Oh, okay. Mm, okay. Yeah, snap, crackle, and pop is not allowed on the knee. That's right. Thank you, Father. Father, I speak strength into that knee. I speak strength into that leg, Father. Father, I speak to that knee to do as it's supposed to do. That it will not, it will not weaken. It will not. Father, I call that knee to be restored in the name of Jesus, according to your word and the finished work of Jesus on the cross and what he has done for us. Leg, knee, I speak to you in the name of Jesus and I command you to work as you ought to. I command you to be whole and well. I command you to be strong in the name of Jesus. I command you to hold up as you are supposed to hold up. That every part, every ligament, every tendon, the flexibility of the knee. Father, I call it to work, to be whole, and to be well in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord Jesus. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. Come on, lift your hands. We bless you, Lord God. We give you all praise and all glory and all honor. All praise and all glory and all honor. All praise and all glory and all honor. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. 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 If you're a tither, I want you to come up. If you're a tither, I want you to come up. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Praise you, praise you, praise you, praise you, Lord. Now, here's what I have in my heart because you know what the Word says. That we bring the tithe into the storehouse and He opens the windows of heaven so there's not room enough to receive it. And then he says, he'll rebuke the devourer for our sake, that it won't destroy the fruits of our ground. But then he goes on to say, the vine in the field will not cast its grace before its time. And I believe wholeheartedly that that vine in the field is your opportunities that are being set up for you, that you can get to it because you're a tither. And it will not be spoiled. It will not be destroyed. It will not be stolen. But that opportunity is there for you. And one of the things that helps us to see opportunities 
is a generous heart. So those things belong to us as tithers, but then we have to see them to partake of them. Because without a vision, things slip through our fingers by missing opportunities. We don't want to miss opportunities. So this is what we're believing God for right now. And I want you to set your faith on these things. That there are opportunities being set up for you. That you will, by the leadership of the Holy Spirit, head in the direction of that opportunity. And then because of having a generous heart, you will see the opportunity. It will be there. It will not be stolen. It will not be destroyed. It will not fall off the vine before its time. It will fall into your hand, for it is an opportunity of the Lord for you. Now set your faith on that right now and start to declare it right now. I receive that. I receive that. I receive that in Jesus' name. 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 We receive that in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We receive that in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We receive that. I receive that in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I receive that. I receive that. I receive that. Lift your hands up and let that thank come you, down Lord. from thank heaven you, on you thank right you, now. Thank you, we receive thank that you, in Jesus' name. Thank you, in Jesus' name, thank we receive you, that. Jesus. We receive that. Opportunities. Thank you, Opportunities. Yes. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We see them. We partake of them. Opportunities in the name of Jesus. Opportunities coming your way. Opportunities coming into your lap. And you will see them. And you will partake hallelujah, of them. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Opportunities thank coming you, your way you, in the thank name you, of Jesus. You, coming your way as a tither hallelujah, in the name of Jesus. Coming your way. Coming your way in the name of Jesus. As a tither that it belongs thank to you. you Set up. You, God's God. setting you up for opportunities. Yes, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. He's setting you up in the name of Jesus. He's setting you up in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Setting you up. Setting you up. Thank you, Father. Setting you up in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Setting you up in the name of Jesus. It's a setup. It's a setup. It's a setup. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to your name, Lord. Glory to your name, Lord. Bless you, Jesus. Bless you, Jesus. Bless you, Lord Jesus. Bless you, Lord Jesus. Praise your name forevermore. Okay, I'll be back. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for opportunities that come. Thank you, Father. It's coming His way. It's coming His way. It's coming His way. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for that opportunity. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for opportunities coming His way. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 It's opportunities. It's opportunities so that what you touch will turn to much. What you touch will turn to much because it's a God opportunity. A God opportunity. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God opportunities. God opportunities. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. To God opportunities. God opportunities. God opportunities. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for the promises to the tither. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Oh, I thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Opportunities coming her way. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. She'll see it. She'll take hold of it. Oh, I thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. 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 You know, when you walk in obedience to the Lord and follow after Him, and He sets you up in opportunities, and you start touching those opportunities, you can be guaranteed that everything you touch, it'll turn to much. Everything you touch will turn to much. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, we bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Opportunities. 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 Thank you, Lord Jesus. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God is good. God is good. God is good. Opportunities. 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 In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you, Jesus. Bless you, Jesus. Bless your name, Lord. Bless your name, Lord. Bless your name, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Opportunities coming your way in Jesus' name. Opportunities coming your way. Ha ha. Ha ha. Here they come. Here they come. Here they come. Here they come. Glory to God. <laughs> Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hmm. Hallelujah. 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 See, it's amazing what happens that you do something like for a long time, but then all of a sudden the Spirit of God moves in a special way to touch you because of your faithfulness, consistency in doing what he's asked you to do. And he sets up 
opportunities. Opportunities coming your way. <laughs> coming your way. Oh, it's beyond normal. It's beyond what you would think is normal. It's going to be opportunities that will blow your mind. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You know, God is a supernatural God, and He just does things beyond normal. He just does them supernaturally. Hallelujah. Your catcher walked away already. Okay. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Father. Father, I just thank you. Thank you for opportunities coming his way, Father. Oh, Father, we know that in the past that you have set up opportunities for him. But it's nothing like what you have planned. Oh, I thank you, Father. I thank you, Father, for the opportunities that will just blow the doors off. Blow the doors off, Father. I thank you for that. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You know, what comes to me is when Jesus told his disciples, go into town and you'll see a man with a pitcher of water. Follow him into the house and then tell the owner of the house that the master needs a room. Well, you know, if they uh, just kind of stopped for lunch, you know, ran into Culver's, got himself a couple of burgers and sat around for a while and finally, ultimately made it into town, they'd have missed the man with the picture. But yet there's an opportunity being set up. So as much as God sets up opportunities, and this is why we say you need to see them, because you have to obey God in order to get to them. And if you follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, you will wind up in the opportunity that he is setting up for you. Okay? Amen? Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, glorious King and mighty God, everlasting Lord. There is none like you, Jesus. Wonderful Savior, wonderful King, mighty God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I just thank you so much that you shed your blood for us. You gave your life for us, your life for our life. You paid the price for our sin. That on the cross that you were the lamb that was slain, but you also fulfilled the laws of atonement. And you went into that wilderness place and carried away our eternal death. That you entered into eternal death for us so that we could have eternal life. I thank you, Father, that you sent Jesus for us. That Jesus, we declare, you said it, you said it, you said it in your word. That in order to be saved, all we have to do is declare that you are Lord. And that we believe God has raised you from the dead. Father, I just thank you so much that you have made salvation so simple so that any person, no matter who they are, could enter in and take hold of that which you have prepared for us.
And Father, I thank you that in that life of salvation, there is healing, there is protection, there is provision, there is soundness, there is made whole, there is nothing missing, nothing broken, being made complete, whole, and well in all of our life by the finished work of Jesus. Lord, I thank you. Thank you, Lord. We bless you. We honor you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. Amen, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, I didn't uh, ignore you out there in, in online, uh, if you're on live stream or podcast. I, I wasn't ignoring you, but I know that you've been there enough that you know that you just grab hold of that anointing of whatever's going on, and you just take hold of that to yeah. yourself. And I know that you know that. Praise God. Amen. And I know that you did. Um, sometimes I have to admit that I'm not totally in my right mind to remember things like this. So... Um, um, but I know that you can do that and receive from the Lord. So, and I'm glad for that because you're mature enough and um, there is no distance in the spirit. And you're in your right place in honoring God, looking to the Lord and believing what his word says and able to receive from him in every and any circumstance. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. Wasn't this fun? <laughs> Praise God. Father, we bless you. We honor you, Father. We thank you for your goodness and your grace. Father, we thank you. Thank you for all that you are and all that you do. We come to you right now with our substance to bless you, Father. Father, we purpose in our heart that we either purpose to give to you or we purpose to hear from your Holy Spirit what it is you'd have us to give. But whatever it is, that's what we'll do. Father, we give bountifully because we give in obedience to your leadership. And you know what it is we need to sow because you know what's coming up tomorrow. And the seed that we sow today is the life that we'll have for tomorrow. So we do it by faith. We sow our seed. We give to you today knowing that you will help through our seed, through our giving, to provide what we need for tomorrow. We thank you for that and bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, if you joined us on live stream, thanks again for being with us tonight. And um, if you'd like to sow seed into the ministry, you can go to newlifefamilyworship.net and click on the giving link. And I thank you in advance for the seed that you sow. And the operations of the Spirit of God operates for you also you know in your life in your everyday life the spirit of god wants to manifest he wants to function and he wants to operate in you for you and through you and touch those that are in your sphere of influence and he will do a mighty job of it if you'll let him amen amen glory to god